NXT. New York City. Welcome to Hot 97's Street Soldiers. The hottest talk on radio. Hosted by Lisa Evers. I am so glad you're joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers on hazing and bullying. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Follow me on Twitter, at Lisa Evers. Instagram, Lisa Evers Live. We're going to be posting pictures. And hashtag hazing. Our phone number, 1-800-223-9797. That's 1-800-223-9797. We're streaming this show live on hot97.com. And you can listen to it again on lisaevers.com. And we've also got all our other shows posted up there. So you can check those out at any time you want to and get the information and hear what our great guests have had to say on other topics. We're focusing in this episode on hazing and initiation rights into clubs, sororities and fraternities and sports teams and asking the question, where do we draw the line? between what just might be initiation type of pranks, kind of like a rite of passage, and serious crimes. Like, where did you break, you know, where do you break the law? Could you have broken the law and not have known about it? We're taking your calls at 1-800-223-9797. That's 1-800-223-9797. Have you gone through hazing yourself to get in with some group? Give us a call now at 1-800-223-9797. Right now, the uh, Sayreville War Memorial High School football season has been canceled after criminal sexual abuse charges were filed against seven players who were just between the ages of 15 and 17 years old. Now, some of the details of what they allegedly did are too graphic for us to even talk about on the radio, but let's just leave it at this. At least four freshman football players filed charges claiming they were repeatedly sexually violated in the high school's locker room. A vigil was held um, you know, about a week and a half ago, where hundreds of people turned out to support the victims. But some of the students I spoke to when I was out there for Fox 5 said that they didn't feel that it was right that the whole football season was canceled and that everybody, you know, the rest of the players on the team had to pay for what they said were the, uh, you know, alleged misdeeds of a couple of people. And this community, this town, the whole school, everybody is behind that football team in many, many ways because they won state titles in their division a number of times. They're very proud of it. But also the team and the community uh, members came together to support these victims. Some people questioning how long this has been going on. If there were other football players who'd been assaulted but maybe were too afraid or too intimidated to come forward. The stigma against sexual abuse charges being out there and especially in a different way when the victims happen to be male. How could the coaching staff not know about it? That's what a lot of people are asking. This case has gotten a lot of attention, but it's unfortunately not the only one of its kind. It's not just limited to sports. We're going to talk about hazing. We're going to hear what our panel has to say and take your calls at 1-800-223-9797. That's 1-800-223-9797. On Twitter, hit me up at Lisa Evers, hashtag hazing. Instagram at Lisa Evers Live, hashtag hazing. And we got a great panel for you to talk about this. Joining us is our celebrity guest co host, Roman Oban. He's a TV and radio sports commentator, 12 year NFL veteran, Super Bowl champion, founder of Oban Flag Football for Kids. He has his own foundation, he work, works with school districts 
in New York, New Jersey, and, Pen- and Pennsylvania. Robin, thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate it. Thank you. It. Thank you, Lisa. My pleasure. Also with us is Abdullah Green. She's a former prosecutor in Brooklyn with the Kings County DA's office, now a criminal defense attorney. Abdullah, thank you so much for being with us. Good morning, Lisa. Thank you for having me. Good morning. We appreciate it. Also with us is Byron Hurt. He's an award-winning documentary filmmaker, writer, activist, and lecturer. Maybe you saw his documentary, Hip Hop Beyond Beats and Rhymes. He was up here on Street Soldiers a while back talking talking about that. And now he's working on a documentary called Hazing, How Badly Do You Want In? Byron, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. We really appreciate it. Also with us is Christopher Anderson. He's executive director of MaleSurvivor.org. That's a nonprofit organization that advocates for male victims of sexual abuse. He was in Sayreville for that vigil, and also he trains, and his organization trains police, prosecutors, and therapists about how to deal with what seems to be a growing issue or certainly one that's getting a lot more attention these days. Chris, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks so much for having me, Lisa. We really appreciate it. Roman, when you heard about what had happened in Sayreville, were you surprised? Yeah, I was I was in shock. And, uh, you know, coming from a, a place where football always served, a football locker room always served as its own government, if you will, and a high school football locker room where the seniors kind of create the rules and they kind of dictate uh, what goes on. If you have a good crop of seniors, uh, they're worried about winning, and, and sometimes you have a bad crop of seniors that are worried about harassing the, the freshmen or the sophomores that are on varsity or, or what have you. Um, and again, you know, I you know came through a high school in, in the late '80s, early '90s, and you know I saw things like a, a guy sp- uh, spraying tear gas or not tear gas, but uh, mace spraying in the shower, and then one runs out because they're naked and, and it, it's embarrassing, or putting icy hot in jock straps or dumping people in the cold tub. I mean, that's almost a, a football norm. But but this was unprecedented. I mean, this is a, a complete violation of, of people's rights. Um, of I mean, that's not why you play football. I mean, you play football to learn about teamwork, character, uh, setting goals, learning how to uh, you know handle adversity, things like that. But you know, when you have this type of situation, um, I mean, it's at the very least that season should have been canceled, which it was. Do you think it's possible that other students and other and faculty did not know about this? Is that possible? A hundred percent. And I think this isn't college or the NFL where there's team security and there's um, you have people out there in the community that are policemen that are, hey, players are at this bar usually this evening, send a special guy. I mean, this is in the high school situ- situation. The head coach is a he's an administrator. He's like the janitor. He's got the keys. I mean, he's got other duties, his own family. So there's an there's an understanding that once you leave that locker room that everyone goes home. And, and goes to their families uh, because these are high school kids. Um, I, I don't think there's a way the coach would have known this was going on and not reported it or not uh, acted appropriately. Try to, try to put it in check. Exactly. Because they're saying, that, I mean, the reports, and again, because because of the way it is in New Jersey with the prosecutors in terms of us as reporters getting information is yeah, very tough. Right. And also because their minors' records are sealed and, and things that we would normally be able to get information from, like the court records we don't have access to. But there were at least four victims or were at least they're alleging multiple times that, that this went on. And, and could there have been more? Well, if... If there were four victims, reportedly, that means there they were probably more victims. And you have to just count how many freshmen were on the team. I mean, you can figure that out. How many freshmen, how many seniors, um, other people that were uh, affiliated or, or helped. Um, there's probably 20, 30 people that were at least knew about it, uh, heard, or, or could have done something. So uh, it's, it's a lot more than the four victims and maybe, I think, the seven seniors that 
that got into and, and, and it's still, you know, we st- it still remains to be seen when we get all the information right. and stuff from the court. And then NewJersey.com is reporting this morning that five tenured teachers who also coach football at Sayreville War Memorial High School have been suspended with pay from both the classroom and the field as the school district, which has taken this very seriously from the very beginning, and prosecutors continue their investigation. Abdullah Green, you're a former prosecutor, now a criminal defense attorney. In terms of how they do investigations into this type of thing, what do you think is going on now? Because the teens went to family court because they're underage, they're minors, but very serious charges it looks like they're facing. Yes, absolutely. Well, actually right now, what they're going to be doing in the prosecutor's offices, speaking thoroughly with the victims, speaking with police, working with police, also discussing with the defense attorneys what options there may be available. Right now, these juveniles were um, heard in family court. The prosecutor has 30 days to decide whether he wants to waive, which is basically have the case transferred to adult criminal court, and he'll do that by requesting that from the judge. But in order to do that, he has to have, like, a certain criteria has to be met, the seriousness of the charge, um, the input from the victims, the likelihood that they'll um, do this type of incident again if they're a danger to community. They're facing very serious charges. The charges ranges from felonies all the way down to what they call in New Jersey a disorderly person's offense. Now, being in charge as a juvenile versus being charged as an adult has very serious consequences. If they are prosecuted as an adult, they could face up to 20 years on the most serious offense, which is um, aggravated sexual assault. For a juvenile, they could face up to four years in jail. That's a huge 16-year difference. Not only that, if they're prosecuted, they would have to register as sex offenders for up to 15 years. And after 15 years, then they could apply to possibly have them taken off the sex offender wow. registry list. So this could be devastating to these defendants. Um, well, right now we'll call them juveniles because if they are, um, if they do keep them in juvenile court, they'll be um, called an adjudicated delinquent if the charges are not transferred. Once it's an adult court, everything is public. The records, for the most part, will be public. It'll be just like any other adult who will be charged with this type of crime. Given what little we know, and but the nature of the, the nature of the charges, what do you think is the likelihood they'll be tried as adults? I think we only, you know, because it's a juvenile, um, a juvenile situation, we only know very um, limited information as to what happened. What we do know, what reports are coming out, is that several of the victims have saying that they have been digitally penetrated, which means. One of the players, the football players, had put their fingers in the anus of some of the players and that even would remove the finger and sometimes place it in the victim's mouth. I mean, these are very serious allegations. I would be surprised if the judge did not waive this, allow this to be waived into adult criminal court. And the prosecutor, again, will have 30 days to decide if he's going to request a waiver. All right. So this went beyond just uh, taking somebody's stuff out of the locker room. Right. and, beyond and, that. And, and just sort of just smacking them around or a little bit of a beat down. Not that that's OK, but 1-800-223-9797. Um, hashtag hazing. We're talking about the Sayreville War Memorial High School situation, but hazing in general, fraternities, sororities, clubs, organizations, teams. And uh, Byron Hurt, you're doing working on the documentary on hazing. You've been at your fraternity member. You've played football in, in college and high school. And what have you? What are you finding out about this? What made you want to get so involved with it? Well, what made me want to get so involved with it is um, one, my experiences with hazing, but also um, learning and reading more about uh, some of the factors involved with this kind of uh, behavior, um, including bullying, but also hazing. Um, so I was inspired by reading the stories about George Desdunes, a student who was um, killed at Cornell University um, as a result of hazing. 
Also, uh, Robert Champion, uh, who was a marching band member at Florida A&M, uh, I read his story, and I was really moved by it. And so uh, I, I really decided that I was the, the person who could make this kind of film and tell this story and, and deconstruct hazing in a way um, that is uh, pretty unique. And so the, that's and the, the reason why I decided. Understand. Yeah, that's the reason why I decided to make this film. But I've, I've learned that hazing is very broad in its scope, as you mentioned. Uh, it, it happens amongst uh, fraternities and sororities, athletic teams, performing arts organizations, uh, including marching bands, academic organizations, excuse me, ac- academic clubs. Uh, so it's very, very pervasive in the culture. And when it comes to males and when it comes to, to boys, especially in high school, um, there's, there's a real expectation that boys have to experience or go through hazing in order to become a real member of that team, a viable member of that team. And so the hazing aspect is what many young men uh, believe is they, going they, to give It just them, comes with going, the territory. It's, it's, going, no, it's going to enable them to bond with those teammates and with that team so that the team is going to be more cohesive. Right. And to bond. Christopher Anderson, you were there in Sayreville. You wrote an editorial. Um, you said that the fr- these freshman football players, these these boys that came forward are, are, are the real heroes here. Absolutely. Yes, they absolutely are. Um, one of the things that I think... Uh, really needs to be stressed when it comes to sexual abuse and sexual abuse of males in particular is it has a very, very shaming and silencing effect. Even more so victims. than women, do you think? When uh, it's, it's female it's, victims? It's certainly not easy for any victim, regardless of gender. But it's different when it's guys. When it's when it's guys, there's an element here, uh, I think, of shame and fear, especially given the age of the victims, freshmen in high school, um, that, that plays into why it was that uh, the seniors on this team did this. You know, uh, as Roman said before, it's likely that there were many people uh, in that locker room who knew. You really have to wonder, why is it that they did particularly what they're accused of doing? This was also about sending a message. It wasn't you know, just about hurting those four boys and prote- potentially what more. What do you mean sending a message? This is about establishing a kind of power within that locker room. It's about establishing a dynamic where there are certain people who are going to be in charge and it's not even there's there's less of the everybody's got to go through something hard to become a part of the team this is a situation where you have individuals who are saying i'm the alpha dog in this locker room this is how it's going to be and you are going to be quiet and you are going to follow my lead and what about the uh, you you were in sayerville yes. you grew up in jersey yep. and what was your take on the crowd there and the vibe i have to tell you lisa it, it was truly amazing I was at Penn State uh, in the aftermath of the Sandusky trials. Um, I I grew up in Mawa, New Jersey, uh, another big football town in northern Jersey. I've never seen anything quite like this. There were over 500 people in that town who came out last Sunday evening at a rally, not for the football team, but for the survivors. And it really was one of the most powerful and moving moments I've seen in, you know, the years that I've been working as an advocate. There was this rejection on the part of all of those people who were in the town. Many of the the mayor was there, a number of former mayors were there, all coming out and saying, we as a community are going to come together. We don't yet know all of the details, but what we do know more than anything else is these young men 
the young men who were victimized are the ones who need our support. And that's what we're going to rally around. All right, we're going to get to your telephone calls, 1-800-223-9797. Scott, Moe, Roy, Mika, everyone else that's on hold, we're going to get to your calls at 1-800-223-9797 in just a minute. Hit us up on uh, Instagram, Lisa Evers Live, hashtag hazing. Read some of your comments on the air here. And let me bring in Kenneth uh, Verkamen right now. He's a New Jersey lawyer. He's He works with hazing cases. And Kenneth, thank you very much for being with us. We appreciate it. Good morning. Glad to be here. Good morning. Um, tell us about the hazing laws that exist in New Jersey. And there was a hazing bill that was supposed to pass but didn't pass. Well, hazing is only a disorderly person's offense typically in New Jersey. So the maximum jail in a hazing case would only be six months. But in the Sable instance, it's much more than hazing. It's an, it could be up to an aggravated sexual assault. And aggravated sexual assault is easy to waive up to the adult court um, as long as there's a probable cause to believe it took, it took place. And any time that there's a, uh, a penetration against someone's wishes, that can be an aggravated sexual assault. So, uh, you know, they call it sexual assault in New Jersey, but that's it's a rape. Ra- if that were it's, New it's York, rape. it would be a rape charge, yeah. right? Yeah. All, all, yeah. All, you know, these like these these are these are freshman kids that were uh, basically, according to the reports, raped by raped by seniors, and, and you, uh, the captains needed to be leaders, not to be criminals. And and everyone in the locker room typically knows what's going on, even if they didn't do it. And now, Kenneth, you, you deal with the criminal justice system and with various prosecutors in the state of New Jersey. What's your best guess about what's going to happen to those who are accused? Do you think they will end up being tried as, an, as, as adults? Do you think this, this episode will lead to other arrests? Because we're just hearing uh, via NewJersey.com this morning that five teachers who were also uh, football coaches have been suspended. Yeah, I believe that the county prosecutor will... Uh, seek to have them waived to adult court. Number one, there's, there's pressure on the county prosecutor to do something, similar to a few years ago uh, in the Rutgers instance where uh, um, the uh, one freshman um, posted the webcam of his, uh, of his roommate right. uh, being with another guy. With a so the pressure on the prosecutor's office to do something and not just say, well, we'll give him a slap on the wrist and let him stay in in the, in the family court juvenile system. And there's a difference between ha- a hazing type of case would be heard in, in family court. But the sexual assaults, the aggravated sexual assaults, would be heard, or would probably be waved up. And there's also a thing called conspiracy. Let's say, even if someone didn't do it, if they were involved with, let's say, like uh, being the lookout for making sure coaches weren't there or to hold someone down, that's part of conspiracy. And there may be more than, okay, uh, Kenneth, thank you so much for being with us. Kenneth Verkamen, a criminal defense attorney, thank you so much for being with us because there were also talk that they had held, obviously had held them down. Let me take a phone call. Uh, let's go to Scott right now from New Jersey. Scott, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hey, how you doing? Oh, yeah, my name is Scott. I actually personally played for Sarahville in 2005, lived in Sarahville for about 20 years. And, uh, you know, what's happened is actually a travesty in this town, man. Um, you know, knowing the culture of commitment and character, you know, that's what we were about at Sarahville. Um, you know, we, as a senior at Sarahville, we never bullied anyone. You know, we actually cherished the freshmen. We tried to, to, to you know, show them the ropes and took them under our wings. So, 
So whatever these kids were doing in the locker room, it, it was it was from their parenting, and unfortunately, sorry to say, but it was from the coaching because the coaches need to know what's going on in the locker room. Like, you know, there was supposed to be a kid that was comfortable enough to go speak to a coach and say, hey, listen, this was going on from day one. This should have never continued. You know, we had a kid going to Penn State, lost his scholarship. You know, we're, as, as, as a Sarahville football player, I'm, I'm expected to go to Rutgers this year and watch a, a championship game, and now the season's canceled. They're talking about canceling it until these freshmen graduate. I mean, you know, it really is a travesty. It's, it's really sad. Um, <laughs> And then, and then in, ter- in terms of the, in terms of the, when you heard about this, were you surprised? Did you ever, I mean, you haven't been in school, you've been out of school for a while, but did, are you surprised? Well, I was, you I, was, I, was I was, it was disbelief at first. I'm like, this can't be true. Um, and then when I heard more details and more details, you know, it started getting like, oh man, wow, this is true. You know, there was a young freshman kid that I, I personally know that loved football. He grew up, he played it on a, on a several leprechaun team, it's a Pop Warner team, and now as a freshman, the kid was faking like he's sick, he doesn't want to go to school, he doesn't want to go to football practice, and it's like, what's going on, man? You love football. Now when all these allegations come out and stuff, it's like, oh, now we know now, why, now you, you now, know? Now you have that understanding. Thank you, Scott, thank you so much. 1-800-223-9797. Roman Oban, you've been in a lot of locker rooms as a football player all right. throughout your career. Are there, is there an atmosphere, like, are there, where you go and you go, some coaches, you better, you better do exactly what you're told, get in, be about your business, and others where you feel like people feel it's, it's really the players that are kind of running the show there? Yeah, and in all three phases, high school, college, and the NFL, uh, each locker room, each organization, each school has its own uh, dynamics. Uh, but there's one golden rule that, that applies in the football locker room. It's, I'm a man first. And when you violate that manhood, uh, if you will, things that go beyond, like you, you said, uh, taking stuff out. I mean, I remember guys would uh, take their cell phones and throw it in a, in a hot tub, and obviously you got to go get another phone. I mean, things like that that just inconvenience you and, you know, being a rookie, buying donuts. I mean, all those things. Uh, I remember uh, we talked to you pledged a fraternity. I, I pledged Alpha in college and went through some of that hazing in college, which was supposedly a part of it. Uh, for the greater good, but there is no greater good when these kind of things are done. And, and my question is, I'm not an administrator, but how will this change the rules going forward uh, legally uh, in, this, in what schools are going to start to demand from their coaches? I mean, and it's going to be more red tape and more more stuff that school districts, uh, superintendents are going to have to deal with now. And then in the high school, like in a high school football situation, are, is there usually somebody like after a practice, would there normally be somebody in the locker room? Not really, right? Not necessarily. No, and 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 depending on the, the situation, I mean, some of these schools like Sayreville, uh, and you get in the central and south New Jersey, any suburb, it, it, it's kind of out in the middle of nowhere. So you can have a situation where the coach's office is – 100, 200 feet, 500 feet removed from the locker room, and you have two or three guys, you know, I and mean, you've seen these movies where there's, gym is empty, locker room's empty, there's two or three people inside, someone gets assaulted, something happens, no one saw it, uh, you know, the janitor comes, I mean, these fictitious things, but these things actually happen, so uh, there, there's going to have to be heightened security, or at least some form of heightened accountability about what happens when the coach is off the field. So you're going to have to keep coaching and monitoring these kids, uh, even when they're not playing football. 
Lisa, I think a big part of this is the lack of supervision right. that was uh, uh, that was apparently part of the problem. Um, and, you know, where there is a lack of supervision by people in leadership positions or people who have the wherewithal or the authority to stop something like this, that's uh, like a breeding ground for something like this to take place um, because uh, there is no leadership. And if there's a vacuum of leadership, then the individuals who are going to um, who 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 have uh, bad intentions. And those are going to be the ones that are basically those, those running are the, those it. Are, those are the guys that are going to be running the show. And um, and if and if they're practicing a culture of hazing, you know that's going to be bad news for guys who don't have as much power and authority amongst that team. Uh, amongst that team, and I think that that's a, a big part of what happened in this situation. Let, know, let me just interject real quick. You know. And let's understand that 90% or so, whatever, the, I don't want to give a numeric value, but most of football players, coaches, are doing things the right way. I mean, I, I had a, a coach uh, who coached at DePaul, Jared Rogers, who, who texted me that he's listening in. That I mean, he's a guy, coaches my own son, uh, an eighth grader. I mean, there's a lot of coaches doing things right, and it's unfortunate that when these stories come out, it puts on a, 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 a dark stain, if you will, on the, the whole culture, the whole football culture. I mean, yeah, hazing does happen, and it's not all bad, but this it's not is just obviously football. bad. It's, yeah, it's in, not in just football. Fo- and it's not just guys either. We have some phone calls, too, that we're going to get to in a minute at 1-800-223-9797. Have you gone through a hazing experience? Do you think it's time to change the way we look at this? Should this be a rite of passage for a sorority, for a fraternity, for a, any type of a sports team? Let us know what you think at one 800 223 Ninety-seven, ninety-seven, and do you think these Sayreville High School players? If do you think they should be charged as adults for what they did? They're fifteen to seventeen years old. Give us your vote on that at one eight hundred two two three ninety-seven ninety-seven one eight hundred two two three ninety-seven ninety-seven. Hashtag hazing on Twitter at Lisa Evers, Instagram Lisa Evers Live, and let me just bring in right now uh, New York State Assemblyman David Weprin. He's with the twenty-fourth district, a Democrat in Queens, and uh, Assemblyman Weprin. Thank you so much for being with us this morning. It's a pleasure, Lisa. Now, you want you want to expand the anti-hazing laws in New York State. Tell us why. Yes. Um, a constituent of mine uh, last December, uh, Michael Deng, uh, was a 19-year-old student at Baruch College, and he was involved um, in a hazing incident that uh, tragically resulted in his death. Uh, he was uh, asked to carry blindfolded uh, knapsacks loaded with 20 pounds of sand, uh, something referred to, commonly referred to apparently as uh, the glass ceiling, uh, and he died. And uh, they, it's hard to tell, you know, what what he died from exactly because there was a, a period of time when his fraternity brothers did not report it, and there was a you know period of uh, panic, and eventually they got him to the hospital. So, but certainly it was the incident uh, that uh, resulted in his death. And uh, my legislation would expand the definition to include any physical contact, because the current definition only is uh, physical contact with uh, an intent to harm or potentially dangerously uh, dangerous condition, which can result in injury or death. Uh, in, this, in this case, you know, it's hard to say once you're, you're involved with physical contact where it's going to lead. And, you know, I think we should just eliminate all... Uh, physical contact uh, in these uh, initiation procedures. And what chance does this have of becoming law, or where is where where is this right now? Well, it's uh, it's still pending. I'm going to be uh, pushing it uh, when we come back uh, to Albany uh, in January. Um, I'm optimistic. With unfortunately, the more of these incidents that occurred, the more likely it is uh, to become law. 
Um, the, the case involving Michael Deng actually occurred in Pennsylvania, even though it was a New York City fraternity. Uh, Brew College ended up uh, closing down uh, that, this particular fraternity, uh, which was a, pater- a fraternity that catered to uh, Chinese-American students in this particular case. But, um, you know, any of these hazing incidents are just uh, totally getting out of hand. And uh, obviously the, inc- the recent incident in uh, Sarahville High School, uh, you know, it's just, it's just further proof of that. All right. Thank you very much for being with us. New York State Assemblyman David Weprin. We really appreciate it. Abdullah, did you have something you wanted to say on this whole point about the, is it different if things happen in schools than if they happen in regular? Um, yes, I think what Mr. Um, Weprin, I'm not sure if is he's still on the line. No. He, we, oh, he, okay. I think that's under the education law where that bill is being um, him and another assemblyman that co-sponsoring that bill. I believe that's under the education law, but not under the penal law. Right now, under the penal law, as far as New York State, we only have um, a misdemeanor, which is hazing in the first degree, and then hazing in the second degree, which is a violation. But we don't have any specific felonies or any other misdemeanors that specifically address hazing, similar to New Jersey, which just has um, hazing in the first degree, and I believe hazing in the second degree. All the other charges are related to sexual assault offenses. Now, what I believe um, the Assemblyman is introducing into a bill, which is good legislation, is under the education law, which will now make it... Um, they're asking that all fraternities, well, they're going to demand that all fraternities not have any type of physical contact when people are pledging for fraternities. And as the assembly person stated, right now it's just only you can't engage in in, um, any type of activities that would create like a substantial risk of physical injury. But what I believe the assemblyman is addressing will be under education law and not necessarily under penal law. But of course, if you do something where someone is seriously physically injured... That, that course, would fall under other crime yes, categories anyway. Crime categories. All right, thank you. Let's take a, we need to take a short break. Ebro in the morning, VIP with TIP. Win passes to a VIP with TIP and Ebro in the morning for private listening party conversation with TI and preview tracks from his new CD, Paperwork, made hot by Sony Records. You're listening to Hot 97 Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Hashtag hazing at Lisa Evers on Twitter, Instagram Live. Um, Instagram, Lisa Evers Live, 1-800-223-9797. We'll be back with more right after this. All right, ready? New York City makes some noise. This is Usher. Hot 97 has your tickets to see me live in concert. Usher's touching down in New York City with August Alcina. On the left side. You with me? goes down at the Garden November 7th and Hot 97 has your tickets. Every day at 7 a.m. with Ebro in the morning. Win tickets and you can be VIP. Meet Usher backstage and watch the show from the front row. Keep it locked right here on Hot 97 and I'll see you at the show. Tickets on sale now at LiveNation.com. Looking for a family adventure this weekend? You'll find it at Fun Fusion in New Rock City. With five zones of fun, including games, rides, go-karts, laser tag, glow-in-the-dark bowling, mini golf, and more. The fun never stops at Fun Fusion, the largest entertainment center in Westchester. Now's your chance to win big. Like the Fun Fusion Facebook page and enter to win a Fun Fusion staycation with one-night hotel stay and 20,000 complimentary gaming credits. FunFusionOnline.com. If it sizzles and crackles and comes from the kitchen, it's breakfast. If the aroma wakes you up, it's breakfast. Have breakfast for breakfast. Fresh made from our kitchen. The Egg McMuffin, only from McDonald's. Goes perfect with a fresh brewed cup of McCafe coffee. For a limited time at McDonald's, get any size McCafe coffee for just $1. Made from 100% Arabica beans, it's another way to love McCafe. 
Prices and participation may vary. A la carte only. I just saw the first sign of fall. Ooh, are the leaves changing colors? No. Did the temperature drop? No. Um, football season? No. What sign are you talking about? The sign in the McDonald's window. They brought back their pumpkin spice latte. I cannot wait for my next coffee break. Ooh, make that our next coffee break. Indulge a little with the McCafe Pumpkin Spice Latte, brewed with 100% espresso from Rainforest Alliance Certified Farms. It's the perfect way to bring in the fall season. At participating McDonald's. So I was talking to a buddy of mine who's on the NYPD, right? And he told me to check out nypdrecruit.com. So I did. Awesome benefits, lots of chances to move up in the ranks, and an excellent salary. And I can take the exam six days a week. It's that easy. I went down to one of the New York City testing centers and took the exam, and now I'm looking forward to a great opportunity with the NYPD. Take the NYPD exam offered six days a week. Visit nypdrecruit.com or call 212-RECRUIT for current test schedules and filing fee information. The NYPD is an equal opportunity employer. Great oil and filter specials at CarQuest Auto Parts. Get five quarts of Pennzoil conventional motor oil and a CarQuest red oil filter for just $22.99. Upgrade to Pennzoil high mileage oil and a CarQuest red filter for $25.99. Or five quarts of Pennzoil platinum full synthetic oil and a Bosch premium plus oil filter for $32.99. Now through August 30th at participating CarQuest Auto Parts locations. When my son's winning baseball team charged through the front door, a sense of joy overcame me because I had dinner covered. Earlier, my instincts told me my family would want something delicious. Coca-Cola and a market-side pizza from the Walmart deli answered the call. Uh, Mom? Not during Mommy's Hero Monologue. Can I please have another slice? That's another dinner solved Mm. by Mom, the Magnificent. Find the effortless meal your family will love at the Walmart deli with a fresh market-side pizza and icy cold 2-liter Coke for $8.50 or less. Tax deposit and CRV not included. Hey, football fans, we've got a quick quiz for you. Which do you prefer? A. (laughs) B. C. We're going into overtime. Or D. (laughs) Going into overtime. If you chose D, then there's only one place for you this football season. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wall-to-wall TVs, wings, beer, and plenty of food to share. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings. Beer. Sports. With a Sam's Club membership, you get incredible savings every time you shop. Fill your fridge and school lunchboxes with big savings on family favorites, like two pounds of Oscar Mayer deli-shaped smoked ham for just $5.98, or 72 slices of Kraft American Singles for $8.98, and pick up a 40-pack of Capri Sun for $6.98, only 17 cents a pouch. Join and save. Sam's Club. Life is better when you're in the club. See club for details. Are you overwhelmed with debt and don't know what to do? Are you in foreclosure or struggling to pay your mortgage? There's another option. Call 516-217-6200 now to take advantage of the Obama Making Homes Affordable program. Talk to professionals that want to keep you in your home. Time is running out to take advantage of the program. Call 516-217-6200 now to be informed of your rights. And they can determine on the spot if you qualify for mortgage rates as low as 2%. So you can cut your payment in half. It's as easy as 1, 2, 3. Even if you've been turned down in the past, have bad or no credit, or you owe more than your house is worth. Don't wait. Time is not on your side. Call now for a free consultation. You'll never know the amount of money you could be saving unless you call 516-217-6200. Stop living in fear. Call Home Affordable 123 and let us fight for you. Call 516-217-6200 or visit us online at www.homeaffordable123.com. 
in the market for a pre-owned car? Check out Bronx Cars for the $97 deal. That's right, $97 down and a lifetime warranty on their pre-owned cars. Go to bronxcars.com slash $97 deal now to book your appointment today. Yo, what up, people? This is Common, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people. Only on Hot 9-7. People, baby. People, baby. Welcome back to Hot 97 Street Soldiers. I'm Lisa Evers, your host. On Twitter, at Lisa Evers, Jay Colono 202 says, those football players, Lisa, should be charged as adults because the victims are going to be affected their whole lives, not just during their four years in high school. Hit me up on Twitter, at Lisa Evers, hashtag hazing. Instagram, Lisa Evers Live, hashtag hazing. And uh, maybe we'll read some of your tweets and your Twitter handle right here live on Hot 97 Street Soldiers. We're talking about the Sayreville War Memorial High School scandal, hazing scandal, but also this whole issue of hazing in general. And we've been talking a lot about guys, but it also extends to women as well. The current Miss America said she was forced out of a sorority at Hofstra because of hazing and concerns about the way that she was being treated. I mean, this is Miss America talking. And, uh, you know, we've seen incidents where people have been physically damaged, psychologically damaged, and even have lost their lives. There was the case with Clemson University that just happened this year. They shut down the whole Greek system. What do you think about that? 1-800-223-9797. Hazing, and what about the the uh, seven, 15 to 17-year-olds who are charged with very serious sexual abuse and assault crimes in New Jersey at Sayreville? Should they be charged as adults? Let us know. 1-800-223-9797. Joining me in studio as my uh, special celebrity guest co-host, the one and only Roman Oben. He is a TV and radio sports commentator, 12-year NFL veteran, Super Bowl champion, founder of Oben Flag Football for Kids. He works with a lot of school districts in New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. A parent, a coach, has his own foundation and uh, knows definitely knows a lot about football and coaching and what goes into making it, you know, making it an important and worthwhile effort for everybody involved. Abdullah Green, former prosecutor with the Kings County DA's office. She's a criminal defense attorney. Byron Hurt, he's an award-winning documentary filmmaker who's working on his new film called Hazing, How Badly Do You Want to Get In? And Christopher Anderson, MailSurvivor.org. He's the executive director. He was in Sayreville for the vigil. And Chris, you were talking about how prevalent this is. I mean, we're kind of shocked like that this something so awful is happening to boys. But you're saying this is more common than we want to maybe realize. Absolutely. Uh, and bef- and very quickly, I want to go back to something that Roman said. I want to agree. This is not just a football thing. This, you know, this is not something that's indicative of a, of a culture within football or even necessarily culture within sports. This is something that is endemic throughout our society. And it just so happens that football oftentimes is, I think, the on the leading edge of this. But I've spoken with survivors who've played basketball, who've been not had not had any issue, not no affiliation with sports programs whatsoever, and different youth organizations, um, uh, all kinds of different cultural institutions. You know, one of the things that people don't realize is sexual assault of males has, for a very long time, been a silent epidemic in our society. If you look at stats from uh, the CDC, when we look at all forms of sexual victimization, approximately one out of every four and a half men, 20, over 26 million men in this country, either have already been sexually victimized in some way or will be sexually victimized. And these are the government some, statistics. This is, this is from the CDC. It's from the National Intimate Partner and Sexual Violence Survey. And you had an incident yourself as a young boy. Yes, I was sexually abused by a neighbor when I was growing up. 
and then you went through therapy. What do you think these these freshmen are going through now? Because you went through a lot of therapy. You're now mm-hmm. happily married and and dedicating yourself to to helping people that go through similar circumstances. But what do you think these freshmen are going through now when well, something like that happens? Currently, at that age, currently, I think many of them are struggling uh, with a lot of fear and perhaps some some shame. I would hope that some of them have actually heard that they are uh, they are respected, they are supported by folks in their town. But this could be a very destabilizing, a very very troubling uh, issue. They, they may be having nightmares. They may be struggling with the beginnings of PTSD. Um, but I think one of the really important things for any of your listeners uh, and any survivors out there to know is it is absolutely possible to heal. There are four key messages that we try to give to all male survivors, and this was something I wrote in the op-ed to the young men last week. Every survivor should know, male or female, you are not alone. It was not your fault. It is possible to heal, and it is never too late. All right, some some excellent. And for more information about what Chris is talking about, his, his uh, check out their website, malesurvivor.org. Roman Obed, and we're talking about sports, and obviously football is getting a lot of attention about this. There's many good things, too, though, that, that come out of organized team sports. And for, for a lot of young guys in particular, it's a way out. Yeah, and, and whether you're dealing with the, the urban dynamic of, uh, you know, a lot of kids that would be doing other, especially that, that critical age between, you know, 14 to 17. Uh, look, I grew up in Washington, D.C., you know, during the, 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 the crack era, you know, the Just Say just say No era. I mean, that was my era, and uh, the Marion Barry and, and all that stuff. And, I mean, had it not been for football for me, I mean, the, the kids that grew up in my neighborhood were just doing other things. And so, uh, but sometimes, you know, Lisa, there's a manipulative effect about the coach or the leader in that position who takes these young boys under his wing, uh, maybe, you know, the absence of a dad at home. And, and like you said, uh, about the, the numbers of guys that that go under that, you know, that sexual contact or, or some of those things. But uh, a lot of kids, I, I, I saw a lot of kids that later in life I heard that, that you know, got touched or, or something happened or, or hazed or things that affected us, you know, into our 30s and 40s. So, I mean, th- that little small period of your life, that high school experience, I mean, it's four years of your life, but it makes the biggest impact in terms of the rest of your life and how you deal with problems, how you adjust, how you deal with anger as an adult. Um, so those are critical, critical ages. So anyone that's listening, really, that's in a leadership position, whether you're a coach or a guidance counselor, uh, you know, shame on you if, if, if you're manipulating that position in terms of what your responsibility is to mold these young people. But there's a and but and there's a lot of parents too that donate right. donate their time to coach their kids' soccer team, football team. Yeah, and, and as a parent, don't baseball. just leave it up to the coach or, or that person to just do his job and, and push your kids out the door because you have a responsibility at home. I mean, I, I, I talk to a lot of parents and educate them about why your kids play sports, not for an end result, not so they might go pro one day, for, but for the things that you learn from, from organized team activities. Character, leadership, I and mean, we've heard all these 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 traits, but if you truly believe in that, then it's about the process and not the end result. Because the end result may not happen. I mean, I, I was fortunate to play 12 years in the NFL, uh, but most people will not. Most people will just benefit from what you get from playing sports, whether it's an education or whether it's just being a part of a team, confidence. I mean, uh, those are the things why you play. But, uh, again, I'm, I'm really critical on people that are leaders in that, in that regard that ha- have that, that attention of these young kids. No, and, and we see too. We, you know, with, as there's more sports activities for girls, as there's more yeah. organized sports leagues for girls, and yeah, even uh, when you have like a male who's coaching, let's say a women's basketball team or women's volleyball team, and that soccer coach. I mean, there's a lot of power there because sometimes these kids will say things to these coaches that they won't say to their parents, 
what my parents don't understand, what my coach don't understand, and that's sometimes that starts that you know manipulation, if you will, if you have a guy who who has some you know intentions that aren't aren't genuine and that are negative. And that comes back to the point that that Byron was raising about Sayerville is like why wasn't there a coach or why wasn't there somebody that what what we we don't know if that happened at this point, but it doesn't appear to have happened. It seems like it came to light because of uh, one of the freshmen told his parent and one his mother or father and and they kind of took it from there. Let me just bring in right now Scott Woodward. He is the CEO of So Branded. It's a brand imaging and marketing company. He was a driving force behind two major anti-bullying campaigns. Scott, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. We really appreciate it. Now you had the uh, you helped to create the One Direction anti-bullying campaign that went all throughout the high schools. We did. We um, we began a couple of years ago with a client and did uh, a program with Lady Gaga's Born This Way Foundation, and this past year partnered with the musical group One Direction uh, in an anti-bullying uh, campaign that really was a 360-degree program that resulted um, in taking anti-bullying education into over a thousand schools uh, across America, reaching over a million students. Uh, really trying to um, shine a light on, you know, what I think we've all thought through growing up was acceptable behavior. Now, this topic that, you know, you've been discussing this morning with all these incredible guests um, on the continuum, really, you know, there's bullying, then there's hazing, and then there's, you know, sex crimes. And unfortunately, this seems to be to the right of, of the continuum. But yes, you know, we, we designed an education program using One Direction that went, uh, went into schools across America with a, um, a renowned anti-bullying expert uh, who took the message into schools. And I, I witnessed a lot of it, and it really helped to, you know, bring a program that was uh, – bring a problem that's, um, you that's know – That's affected kind of- so, so many thousands of people. Let me just ask you because we we're, we're, have to end the show a little bit earlier today. The um, in, in terms of if people want more information about, about that program, where can they find it? Uh, well, the program it has been completed. It was this past year. But you can, you know, you can Google it and, and, and log on Brooks Gibbs is the anti-bullying expert that carried that message into schools across America. So uh, you can Google him and, and learn about it. All right, great. Scott Woodward, thank you very much for being with us, CEO of So Branded. Let me take a call. This lady's been hanging on for a long, long time. Hi, Lisa. Hi, thank you've been hanging on for a, a, a great show. Thank, thank you. you so much for addressing these issues that are just a nationwide epidemic. All I wanted to say, Lisa, is that You know, being an African-American woman and a member of a sorority, my mother taught me growing up, see nothing, hear nothing, say nothing. So when I became a victim of hazing, I didn't know then what to do. I didn't have the information to reach out to someone, but when I knew it was wrong, I left the sorority, my beloved sorority, because I felt a little intimidated and fortunately, that person who um, did the unthinkable was reprimanded and suspended from the sorority. So the sorority did the right thing. They are great people in many fraternities and sororities all around the nation. But sometimes, Lisa, it's just one person who just wants to power trip. And if maybe they would give surveys to the sororities, like mandated sorority surveys, this information could be told to high authority to weed these people out that are just power tripping 
you know, maybe they've gone through experiences growing up that they feel the need to bully and intimidate. No, All good it takes point. Is one person, Lisa. No, you're right. Over. You're yes. right. Well, and thank, thank you so much for the call. One eight hundred two two three ninety seven ninety seven. And she she brings up a point because we've done a lot of work with you know with street soldiers and with our community projects with sororities and fraternities. You know, every everything from Hurricane Sandy relief to uh, the programs that push for peace that we just did in in Brooklyn. And there, there's a lot of great work and a lot of charity work that sororities and fraternities do that they don't get credit for. But there's also that other aspect of it. Well, you know, the thing that struck me about what she said is is this element of fear and, I, and, and silence. And I think what really maintains the practice of hazing is that fear and that silence and that complicity that comes along with wanting to become a member of the group wanting to belong, wanting to be to have that status and wanting to gain the value that comes along with membership. And so a lot of people refuse to speak out when they've been hazed because they do not want to be isolated, they don't want to be ostracized, and they don't want to be they don't want to be seen as not being able to handle what other people have gone through in order to become a member of that group. And so that's that's something that I hear often, it's something that I experience personally, and it's something that's going to continue to happen. And in in regards to to young Young boys and men, um, you know, the reason why this continues to happen is because people still see this as an expectation to become a member of the group. And as long as this continues to be an expectation to belong, to be a member of the group, this is going to continue to happen. So there's going to have to be huge, widespread cultural shifts that take place. Where we're saying it's not acceptable, period. And we empower people to speak up. When it happens to them. Okay, Chris. Yeah, you know, one of the things that I think is really important to stress here to reinforce uh, some of what uh, Byron was just saying, abuse thrives on secrecy. Abuse thrives on silence. When you have a culture that is enforcing people to live by this sort of code, uh, you're going to see a lot more silence come up. The reason why these young men, in my opinion, really truly are heroes, we have research, we know that on average, men who are sexually abused, especially as children, delay disclosure for on average 20 years. For them to come... 20 years? 20 years. Lisa, I just interviewed three guys from my high school that pledged the fraternity on Long Island (laughs) And there were three guys, two were brothers. One was a family friend, close family friend. It was the first time they talked about the experience in 27 years. All right. One of the guys who I spoke to broke down. He was in tears. Um, He talked about how traumatized he was in in terms of being the victim of hazing. All right. And so, yes, I, I totally agree. I mean, there are people talk about the immediate impact of hazing, but there are also long term consequences and long term effect, long term effect long-term effects that take place that is really um that doesn't really get discussed very often no definitely let me let me bring in uh, george from sayerville george hi you're on hot 97 go right ahead hello hello um i'm from i'm from sayerville and i just wanted to say how the players should be penalized as adults and the coaches should be left alone because they're not even allowed in the locker rooms really only for like a pep talk and then they're out they're not even in there all right. Well, I don't know about that, but thank you very much for your call. Let, let me bring in Elizabeth Allen real quick. Elizabeth Allen is with StopHazing.org. Elizabeth, thank you so much for being with us. And just real quick, because uh, unfortunately we just got a minute or two here. If people want more information about your organization, try to access some of the resources and campaigns that you offer, how can they do that? Hi, Lisa. Thanks for having me. Yes, uh, we, they can go to the website, which is www.stophazing.org. And we have uh, lots of resources there, defining hazing, explaining uh, the relationship between hazing and bullying, 
and um, statistics from the research related to hazing for both uh, college students and high school students. All right, great. Elizabeth Allen from StopHazing.org, thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate it. Sure thing. Thanks for having me. I can't believe TJ's giving me the cutoff sign here. It's so early. We have to do it. Anyway, I wish we had more time for this. We have phone calls, we got tweets, we got postings on Instagram, and we're out of time, unfortunately. But I want to thank all of our guests for being with us. My special celebrity guest co-host, TV and radio sports commentator, 12-year NFL veteran, Super Bowl champion, the one and only Roman Oban. Are you on uh, My Nine tonight? Or- yeah, Giants uh, post game. So uh, the uh, D- Giants play the Cowboys 425, and we'll be on immediately afterwards on uh, ch- on Channel 9. On Channel 9, our Fox 5 sister <laughs> station. Thank you so much for being with us, yep. Roman Oban. Also with us is Abdullah Green. Thank you so much for being with us, Thank giving you. us that whole legal insight. We appreciate Thank it. And I can be contacted at agreenlaw.com. That's A-G-R-E-E-N-E. Law.com. Thank All you. right. Thank you, Abdullah. We appreciate it. Also with us, um, with us, Byron Hurt, documentary filmmaker. Thank you so much. People want to follow you and uh, find out about the film. At Byron Hurt, BeHurt.com. And you can, if you have a story to share with me, share it at hazingfilm at gmail.com. Hazingfilm at gmail.com. And Christopher Anderson, uh, MailSurvivor.org. Thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate it. Thanks. And we have a conference coming up in Newark, New Jersey, October 31st through November uh, November 2nd. Please come join us. Matt Sandusky is our opening speaker. Uh, And you can find more information on that at MailSurvivor.org. All right. Thank you all for being with us. We really appreciate it. And everyone that was with us on the phones, this episode of... uh, Street Soldiers was made hot for you by Fun Fusion, like Fun Fusion's pay, oh, like their Fun Fusion page, and enter to win a Fun Fusion staycation with one night hotel stay and twenty thousand complimentary credits to game all day long. How about that? There you go. Thank you so much for this episode of Street Soldiers, making it hot for us. And thank you to MS Broadcasting, to our top executives, Jeff Smooley and Pat Walsh, for the special recognition they gave me in the show this week. We appreciate it. Thank you to our Senior Vice President, MS New York General Manager, Dion Levingston, for going to such great lengths to get me to the uh, special meeting. And also our great staff, Lourdes Melendez, Pat Robinson, everybody else, our Hot 97 Program Director, of course, Jay Dixon. And thank you to my executive producer Tone Capone. If you have a show idea for us or would like to be a guest on the show, hit up Tone. Tone for real. That's Tone, the number for real at gmail.com or me, Lisa at hot97.com. And thanks to my whole team here in studio. Rose D on the phones, Rafaela with the guests, TJ on the boards and digital. Check me out on the Fox 5 News at 10, 5 and 10 during the week. Catch my stories on and Hot 97 shows on LisaEvers.com. Twitter, at LisaEvers. Instagram, at LisaEversLive. Remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. I'm Lisa Evers. Push for peace. Hebrew in the morning with Laura Styles and Rosenberg. Yeah. Every family is dysfunctional. Why do you get mad, Rosenberg? Ours is no different. Yo, when we're going to get some new Kanye music, though, have you heard anything on on the Kanye yes. West front there, last Rosenberg. Week, last week, Laura Stiles reported in the flashing lights that... Uh, Kanye- so why didn't you let Laura Stiles report it right now? All right, guys, be quiet. Anyway, Theopolis London was in Paris. There you go. And Take control. Kanye... Ibra, why don't you reach out to him and see if you can listen to his music? Hey, yo, Rosenberg. <laughs> Shut up! Ibra in the morning with Laura Stiles and Rosenberg. Let's get it. Weekdays, 6 to 10 a.m. on Hot 97.
At Bronx Cars, if you breed, you drive, regardless of any credit problem. BronxCars.com has a 100% credit approval program. And now High 97 fans can get into a pre-owned vehicle with $97 down. Yep, $97 down for those who qualify. Bronx Cars has every make and model. Hondas, Nissans, BMW, and Mercedes. Many for thousands less than the auto auctions. And all with a lifetime warranty. Bronx Cars, located on the corner of Connor Street and Boston Post Road in the Bronx. Check out BronxCars.com. 